0: Good morning, Mendocino County and beyond. Thank you for joining us for Wild Dog Living this morning here in on Mendocino County P- Public Broadcasting, KZYX and Z. This program, Wild Dog Living, comes to you every other Monday. Not every other Monday. That was a long time ago. It comes to you every other Thursday from 9 until 10 a.m. And it alternates with the Cannabis Hour, which comes to you on the other Thursdays. The program is all about living sustainably and developing building community in Mendocino County and beyond. Um, I cover a lot of different topics, uh, all sort of directly or more remotely related to sustainable living or to building community. Uh, So I have a lot of local uh, guests, uh, local organizations to talk about all the wonderful things that they're doing in our community. And also, I have guests who've written books that I find of interest, uh, in in reference to sustainable living. Uh, and today, I'm th- I'm going to do something that I sometimes do, which is I have uh, neither a local nor a book guest. I'm actually going to be doing this program solo and it's and I'm going to share some information with you in the first part of the program and then I'm going to open up the phone line and invite you dear listeners to share with all of us some thoughts and and additional ideas that you might have on the topics that I'm going to be talking about today. I'm going to talk focus on two topics and if there's time I'm I might weave in a couple more but the two topics I want to focus on are the ones that uh, I think a lot of us are dealing with right now, and that is, um, it's it's outdoor cooking time. So a lot of us are doing barbecuing, outdoor outdoor grilling, outdoor cooking. So I'm going to talk a bit about how to uh, make that whole activity. More green and more sustainable, some thoughts. Um, some of them I already knew when I did the research for this, and some of them surprised me. So I'm hoping that some of those will surprise you as well, and that this information will be valuable for you. And then the other big topic, of course, that's on everybody's mind besides the t- pandemic, obviously, the pandemic is still on everybody's mind as well. But um, I'm not going to talk about that today. Um, I'm going to, t- the second topic I'm going to cover is, um, Staying safe and healthy during heat waves, um, when it, it we seem to be having, as part of the climate crisis, n- not only more and more 90 plus degree days during the summer, but they come earlier in the summer now. They come in late spring. They start in late spring. They last longer, and um, they come more often. And the the part that that is risky, besides the heat to begin with, is the part that that these heat waves last for several days, and that sometimes even the nights are warm, because that's what makes um, heat waves dangerous. Uh, and and difficult for a lot of people to deal with when you don't have that recovery period at night when things cool down now we're we're sort of lucky here in Mendocino County and by the way everything I'm talking about applies to folks that uh, that live in the county and that aren't on the coast I know I know that people who live on the coast have other things that they're dealing with in the summer like fog and and wind and things like that but probably heat waves in the sense that we experience them in inland Mendocino County is probably not at the top of your mind. But, you know, if you feel differently, please call in and let us know during the call-in part of the program later in the hour. I should say that uh, this is Johanna Wildock, and I bring you Wildock Living, as I said, every other Thursday. And if you have suggestions, questions, thoughts about future programs, feedback to your hearing, please send me an email to contact at wildoak.org. That's contact at wildoak, W-I-L-D-O-A-K dot O-R-G. I love hearing from you, and I love uh, getting suggestions from the community about future topics to cover. So let's talk about how to stay safe and healthy in the extreme summer heat, um, and, and also how to keep our kids and our pets safe and healthy. And then I'm going to talk, as I said, about uh, making grilling and outdoor cooking and barbecuing a little more, a little more greener. A lot of the information uh, that I'm sharing with you comes from a variety of sources. Um, there is a really, really good article that I'm going to be sharing some information from in the, in the New York Times. The uh, Center for Disease Control, cdc.gov, also has some really good tips on their website, uh, as does the uh, and it, uh, various other health organizations and universities. So if you want some links to the uh, sources of information that I'm drawing this from, um, and if you'd like to do further research on your own, send me an email and I'm happy to share those links with you. The email again is contact. At wildoak.org. That's contact at wildoak.org. All right, let's talk a bit about how to stay cool. So, um, avoiding heat related illness is what it's all about because um, what happens is, you know, when our when our body heats up uh, and continues to heat up, uh, it has a harder and harder time functioning. And uh, so, the, the objective is to um, prevented from prevent uh, heat exhaustion to occur, um, and worst case heat stroke. So heat exhaustion is sort of the first phase, and heat stroke is what happens. You know, if if we don't pay attention to the symptoms of heat exhaustion, and so here are some of the ways to avoid heat related illness. Obviously, if you have air conditioning this would be the time to use it and i know a lot of people um you know are uh, reluctant to use air conditioning because it's expensive to run and i totally understand that uh and then there are people like me who are off-grid you know who who you know, who might think that they don't have enough power to run air conditioning, and I used to think that too. And what I did is I did two things. One is I did some research and found some air conditioners. You know, there are there are Energy Star air conditioners out there, and actually didn't cost that much because solar panels have come down in price dramatically. And in so doing that, by getting an energy-efficient air conditioner and by adding some panels to my solar system, I am actually now able to run and air conditioning during those hours of the day, at least, when the sun is out. Uh, I can't run it on batteries, uh, but then, you know, if you can run it from, let's say, noon until 4.30 or 5, that's already big progress because in our area here in inland Mendocino County and the surrounding counties like Lake County uh, and South, that's the hottest hours of the day is the afternoon hours. So if you can run an air conditioner on solar during that time of the day, then that can make a huge difference but there are other things that you can do if you don't have an air conditioner or if you, if you don't want to run the air conditioner you can keep your skin moist with cool water or room temperature water so you know carrying a spray bottle around and just spraying your face and spraying your arms and spraying your legs can make a di- big difference um, blocking the heat from coming into the house obviously having a really well insulated house can make a big difference But um, in addition to that, uh, you can uh, shade the windows with a blanket or a darker sheet during the day to keep the heat out. I've learned that blocking the heat on the outside of a window is actually more effective than blocking the heat on the inside of a window, although the inside also makes a difference. But if you can keep the window from heating up in the first place by using outside blinds, um, that that can be more effective than blocking the heat from the inside but if you have if you can put up some insulating curtains the kind that you normally we would put up in the winter to keep the heat in they can also help to keep the heat out Um, we do have normally some cooler hours during the night and so opening the windows at night and and running a fan to get the cool air to come into the house from the time that it starts to cool down, like about 5.30 or 6 o'clock or so, but certainly in the early morning hours, that's when you can bring cool air into the home. And then you, once your home is cool and the sun starts coming up, then you can close the windows and doors again uh, and try and keep the cool inside. Carrying around a, a moist cloth and wiping your forehead and wiping your arms, or as I said earlier, spraying with a with a spritz bottle of, of water can can really make a difference. Um, obviously, you don't really want to do strenuous exercise outdoors during the heat of the day. Um, I know some people seem to be able to do it. You know, they some people adapt to heat better and function better in heat than others. But I can't even take a walk during the heat of the day. I mean, I can't I can't even even as not even a slow walk. Um, so. You know, I, I stay inside from about 10 o'clock until about in the morning or 11 o'clock until about 5 o'clock and I find things to do inside. Or if I have to do things outside, I look for things that I can do in the shade. Sometimes even in, in a 95 or 100 degree day, if there's a little bit of a breeze and a little bit of a shade, then that can be, you know, a place to be outside and do things outside, but not in the full sun. Uh, if you carry around a water bottle and uh, it's recommended in on many websites that you do carry around a water bottle so that you can continuously hydrate with with small sips of water as opposed to guzzling down large amounts of water less frequently Uh, they recommend putting ice cubes into your water bottle to keep it cool and to keep us more motivated to keep drinking it i put uh, i use i've after all the years of carrying around a water bottle i've now gotten one of those uh, backpack hydration things where you you know you'd like that like the hikers and the, um, use where you you suck water on a hose makes me feel like a baby <laughs> but it I've noticed that I do drink a lot more water that way because I have the backpack with me and uh, it keeps the water cool I put it in the refrigerator overnight and, uh, it, and it makes me drink a lot more water than I would otherwise would um if you do uh, exercise outside it's recommended obviously that you do it in the cool hours of the morning or in the evening when it's not so hot anymore Uh, cool showers can help cool you down uh, drinking cool drinks uh, can also help cool you down cold showers are actually not as effective as cool showers because when when at least that's my experience and I've, I've what I've from what I've been reading when you take a cold shower it actually stimulates your body to heat up to um, you know to, it stimulates your circulation and that can actually heat you back up so I find cool showers more refreshing than cold showers so Let's say you're doing everything right, um, but it's still possible, you know, with this 100 degree plus heat that we might be heading towards heat exhaustion and, or heat stroke. And it's important to recognize the signs of that. So according to the Center for Disease Control, uh, what they say is to watch out for the following symptoms of heat exhaustion, which can include heavy sweating, cold, pale and clammy skin a fast and weak pulse nausea or vomit vomiting muscle cramps fatigue dizziness headache and fainting if you're experiencing these symptoms they say sip water move to a cooler location if possible loosen your clothes or try to take a cool play a cool bath or place cool wet clothes cl- uh, clothes on your body or cloths on your body Seek medical attention immediately if you vomit or if your symptoms worsen or last longer than an hour. That's important because you don't want to head down that road towards heat stroke. By the way, a lot of um, uh, people who don't have air conditioning might have cars with air conditioning. So in an emergency, if you need to cool off and there's nothing else available, you know it's possible to get in your car and just drive somewhere and, and blast the air conditioning on you. But... If you're having heat exhaustion and you're dizzy and, and nauseous, that you know, driving is probably not a good idea. But maybe it's it's safe to, uh, you know, to be in the car with the engine running for 20 minutes or so if you're in a place outside, you know, obviously outside, not in your garage. Um, I don't know. I don't know about that about running it in place and running the air conditioning. But remember that you know your car does have air conditioning, and that is a way to cool off. So, so that's the signs of heat exhaustion. Heat stroke is sort of the next step um, past heat exhaustion, the, the more serious uh, consequence of being exposed to heat. Uh, and the symptoms of that, according to the Center for Disease Control, include a high body temperature of 100 and d- 103 degrees Fahrenheit or higher, hot, red, dry, or damp skin, a fast and strong pulse, so, remember, for heat exhaustion, they said a fast and weak pulse. So, when you're heading towards heat stroke, they say one of the symptoms is a fast and strong pulse, a headache, dizziness, nausea, confusion, and passing out. If someone is experiencing these symptoms, you or someone in your environment, call 911 immediately and try to move the person into the shade or a cooler area if available. Use cool cloth or a cool bath to lower their body temperature. Do not give them anything to drink. So one of the most confusing things about whether you have heat exhaustion or heat stroke is that one of the symptoms of that can be denial. So a person with a heat-related illness may start stumbling or appear less coordinated than usual, Um, but they may deny that they they are overheated and, and that they are having symptoms of heat exhaustion or heat stroke. So ask the person if they have a headache, nausea, or dizziness. Talk to them about a variety of topics to see if they exhibit symptoms of confusion. And if you suspect the person is having a problem with the heat, they suggest erring on the side of caution and insisting that they get into shade and somewhere cool. Have them drink water and spray their body with cold water or rub them down with ice or a cold cloth. If they don't cool down quickly, seek medical advice. And kids should be instructed that if their friends start acting funny, confused, or mumbling, they should alert an adult. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about hydration, just uh, um, a a few tips um, there's not people always ask how much water do I need to drink and do I need to when do I need to drink do I should I wait till I'm thirsty So there's a lot of discussion about that um, But during a heat wave the consensus seems to be everybody should expect to drink more than they normally would and constant access to water is the key here. Drink even when you're not thirsty uh, since we lose electrolytes when we sweat, uh, drinking some electrolyte drinks or other sports drinks can help. Um, it's it being in a heat wave. They say is similar to running in a marathon. Uh, we can, in in terms of the amount of sweat that we can put out in when we're in a really hot environment. Um, there is a, there is something as drinking too much, and so uh, one of the things that they're that they're suggesting to watch out for. And this is this is a doctor at the Cleveland Clinic in Ohio, in Ohio, who says. Um, if you're urinating frequent less frequently than normal, or if your urine is a concentrated dark yellow or gold color, that's a sign that you should drink more fluids. If you're urinating frequently and your urine looks uh, more clear, you are less likely you are less likely to be dehydrated. You are likely sufficiently hydrated. Oh, and avoid consuming alcoholic or caffeinated drinks, which can be dehydrating there's also food we can eat to cool us off I love uh, watermelons that I've chilled in the refrigerator uh, there's also these uh, frozen fruit popsicles uh, that, that are not that are just fruit juice that you can put in the freezer um, having salty foods um, it, it also helps you balance your water your you know your hydration system try to stay away from hot body warming foods so cold, cool cool foods, um, watermelon, you know, traditionally is, a, is the cooling food. Um, probably less spicy would be better because spicy makes you sweat. Although some people say, you know, when you eat something spicy and you sweat, that cools you off. So that's kind of a personal thing. Some thoughts about keeping kids safe in the heat. By the way, I'd like to let you know that you are listening to Wild Oak Living. Here on and Z Mendocino County Public Broadcasting, this is Johanna Wildoak and this program comes to you every other Thursday from 9 to 10 a.m. and it alternates with the cannabis hour. And today I'm doing a solo program about, uh, I'm going to try and cover two topics. One is right now I'm talking about keeping safe and healthy during a heat wave. And then the other topic I'm going to talk a bit about, uh, although I probably don't have time to go into a lot of details, is is how to make our grilling and barbecuing a little more green. So let's talk about how to keep children safe in the heat. Um, Young children are especially vulnerable to heat exhaustion and heat stroke parents and caregivers should monitor their activity during hot weather and plan activities that are less likely to cause them to overheat like sprinklers or playing in a pool Uh, also make sure kids are wearing lightweight light colored clothing using sunscreen and hydrating regularly Uh, if a child is playing outside of the water try to keep them in the shade and consider bringing a spray spritz bottle to spritz their their skin uh, when it when it's humid and at least 90 degrees, children should not play outside for more than 30 minutes. That's the problem that we generally don't have because when we have heat waves that are 90 degrees or plus, it's generally not humid. Humidity is actually not a problem that we seem to be having, at least not in inland Mendocino County. Teens tend to be more active than adults in the summer and should plan activities like hanging out in a park before noon when the heat will be less intense. So some of the things to look for for heat exhaustion in children, what are some of the signs? If a child develops heat exhaustion, she may start to feel dizzy and nauseated suffer muscle cramps or begin vomiting, her skin may feel cold and clammy to touch. If you observe these symptoms in a child, bring her to a cooler place, ask her to sit still or lie down, remove excess clothing, apply a cool, wet cloth or water to her skin and give her water to drink. So that's in the case of heat exhaustion. What are the signs of heat stroke in children? In heat stroke, the skin is hot and dry instead of cold and clammy, and the child gets sleepy and may be confused. Um, this is uh, from a posting by the Harvard Medical School. Children with heat stroke might also experience a high fever or seizures. Heat stroke can also creep up on young kids who haven't exerted themselves at all because they could be either dressed too warmly in a hot environment or they're left in a hot vehicle, don't ever do that, or in a room that doesn't have any circulation or they may be out in at the beach wrapped up in the sun. Um, all those kinds of things can lead to their temperature going up very quickly. Uh, and according to the American Academy of Pediatrics um, and by the way you can read more about that at healthychildren.org half of children with heat strokes do not sweat if you if you suspect that a child has a heat stroke, call 911 and try to cool them down until help arrives. And finally some thoughts about our pets you know they suffer in the heat during heat waves as well as well and a lot of them have, a lot of hair and thick fur that keeps them a lot warmer than even us humans. Um, And so extreme heat can be particularly dangerous for our furry friends, canines, felines, etc. Here are some simple precautions that you can do to protect your dogs and other animals. Walk your dog early in the morning or after sunset when the air and the streets are cooler. The streets, that's particularly important, you know, because when the asphalt and, and concrete gets very, very hot and those poor puppy paws, um, you know, some people put booties on their on their dog's feet when you have to walk in a hot environment. But it's better to just try not to do that at all and, and go out when it's cool in the morning or after sunset. And avoid strenuously exercising your dog on very hot days uh, and seek out shady trails or sidewalks whenever possible. A lot of dogs do not have off switches, you know, so we as their caretakers have to be the responsible party and just not let them play as hard and as long as they want to. You know, if, if they're starting to pant really hard or and especially if they're starting to lie down as you're playing with them, that's probably uh, already gone too far. <laughs> um, you know we, I, I think we just have to remember to stop the, to stop the game before they over our pets overheat themselves. Always carry water and a collapsible bowl. stop often to make sure your pet is sufficiently hydrated. Uh, panting, which is how they lower their body temperature causes water loss. So when they pant really hard, they also need more to drink. If your dog tries to slow down and stop entirely, let them rest and take frequent breaks. If your dog shows any signs of overheating, excessive panting, lethargy, a deep red tongue, get them into cool water as soon as possible. A cool wet towel or a piece of clothing can also help. If signs of distress persist with your pet, go to a veterinarian immediately. Organ failure can be rapid, irreversible, and fatal. And keep your pets groomed. You know, get some of that heavy winter undercoat out from their hair, so that so that they have a better chance of staying cool. Um, there's also cooling mats um, that they that that um, they're sort of gel-filled cooling mats that they can lie on. Um, some pets love to have their tummies on a cool surface, or they lie on cold concrete. Um, that's another way that pets can stay safe. And a final thought. Um, Couple final thoughts. Actually, um, protecting elderly people from heat. This is particularly challenging heat waves for elderly people because as you get older, you you find it harder and harder for your body to adapt to high heat. Um, the number one thing about elderly is to make sure that uh, our elderly friends and and relatives. Uh, Stay hydrated. Older people should drink lots of their beverages of choice. It can be water, it can be lemonade, just whatever is wet. Um, If mobility is an issue and someone can't easily get to a public cooling center or an air-conditioned space like a mall, Uh, the suggestion is that they uh, head to their basement or get as low as possible within their home. Generally, the lower parts of the house tend to be the more cooler parts of the house. So it's really important that we look out for our elderly friends and neighbors and relatives. Uh, If an older person shows signs that they're weak, tired, dizzy, or nauseated, seek medical attention. And a final thought, uh, sleeping soundly in the heat. That can be a challenge when you don't have air conditioning and when it's just still so warm in the evening and in the early part of the night that it's hard to sleep um, you can use a breathable cotton sheet instead of synthetic sheet i find uh, the coolest sheets to use in the summer are bamboo sheets sheets made from bamboo they uh, they really uh, keep you nice and cool uh, at least that's in my experience cooler than cotton uh, blue cooler than cotton Uh, I actually have a a very 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 lightweight um, um, wool comforter it's 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 actually it's actually made from camel hair Um, and it it is so lightweight that it it doesn't heat you up and the wool actually when it's really a lightweight wool cover will uh, soak up perspiration and so you will feel cooler and you won't feel so clammy um, you can set up a fan near a bed uh, or spray your sheets with cold water although i wouldn't like that because i don't like to be damp i just like to be dry and cool uh, a, a cool bath or a cool shower right before bed can also help keep you key- cool some people store their sheets Uh, and in in a freezer during the day Uh, just like in the winter some people heat up their sheets in the dryer before they go to bed so some people store their store their sheets in the freezer so that they can sleep in cool sheets at night all right those are some of some thoughts here on wild oak living about how to stay cool and safe in heat waves I'm going to open up the phone lines uh, a little later, and if you have additional thoughts or additional questions about that, uh, feel free to give us a call at that time. Right now, I just want to do some quick thoughts about how to uh, reduce the carbon footprint of outdoor cooking, of grilling. Um, It's actually... You know, a lot of this, a lot, a lot of this is personal preference. Uh, that the environmental impact of grilling is fairly negligible in the bigger scheme of things, in terms of all the things that we do every day. But here's some thoughts um, that uh, and that I've gathered from various websites. And again, if you'd like some of these links, I'm happy to share them with you. Just send me an email to contact at Contact at So avoid petroleum-based lighter fluids and self-lighting charcoal. They release petrochemicals into the atmosphere. Instead, you can use a charcoal chimney, an electric charcoal starter, or natural lighter fluids to get your fire going. And of course, be really, really safe when you do that. Uh, Choose a superior charcoal if you're grilling with charcoal. Natural charcoals and lump charcoals made from furniture scraps and waste wood without additives and binders makes a cleaner fire. And of course, you know, you wouldn't want to burn that kind of stuff and have the residues be on your food. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a good idea to pay attention to the kind of charcoal that you buy. Uh, a lot of people are switching to gas. Gas grills are much more energy efficient than charcoal grills and they produce far fewer pollutants. Um, you can reduce the preheat times. Uh, some of the preheat times that the, that, that uh, grilling and barbecue recipes give are, are um, actually tend to be on the long side. And also, you know, sometimes people preheat their grills and then they get don't get to cooking right away and the grills just sit there and run and run and run. So, you know, plan your cooking time to correspond to when your grill is ready and don't leave your grill burning any longer than you need to. Clean your grill when it's still hot after you cook instead of uh, increasing the preheating time. um you can use when the grill is cool. You can use a mixture of water and baking soda, soda to clean off the grates. And of course, when it's hot, you can usually scrape off whatever you want to clean off. Uh, a big thing that you can make in terms of uh, reducing the the footprint of outdoor cooking is to use is to avoid using disposable dishes and disposable utensils, and also uh, or using, you know, a disposable aluminum foil and other kinds of uh, helpers, you know, for cooking. You know, instead of aluminum foil, you you know, people people use baking sheets and other things. You know, as long as it's compatible with the heat that's inside the grill, um, using things that you don't end up then having to throw away and that can't be recycled um, is a good idea. the greenest charcoal yeah there's a long there's a long session here that i don't really think we have time to go through um but as i said earlier choosing natural additive free charcoal or natural lump charcoal uh is is the way to go as is suggested here because it invoids avoids a lot of um a lot of the burning the by the, the byproducts of wood that you don't really want to put out into the atmosphere so, what is the cleanest grill, uh, in terms of environmental footprint? Uh, it's it's true that a natural gas grill, or even an electric grill, is the greenest grill from the perspective of air pollution. Um, it's also true that a lot of these grills don't last very long, and you have to replace them, you know, every three or four years, and that's also not a very sustainable thing to do. Um, it's, you know, it it's it's worth considering getting something that, you know, is going to last and that, you know, is going to uh, not have to be replaced pretty soon. And I just, I, I know we have a call and I am going to go to calls. I just want to say a couple more things about, you know, grilling. Um, what the important thing in terms of environmental footprint is also what you put on the grill. So, um Veggies there's lots of veggies and vegetarian res- things that you can throw on the grill uh, there's even fruit you can grill peaches, watermelon, etc. Um, also you know I- I'm not going to get into the long discussion about meat or not meat or vegan or vegetarian because we really don't have time to do that today but I should I-, I just want to mention that uh, pasture raised sustainably raised meat from local producers right here in our county, makes can make a huge difference in terms of the environmental footprint and it supports the people here in our county who do the right thing in terms of raising uh... um, raising meat in a sustainable way chicken pork beef there, there are several uh, uh, sources here in the county if you want to just check them out. I'm not going to name them because I'm probably going to then miss one or two that I really should have included. But if you would like a suggest some suggestions on uh, on sources here in our county of people that you can buy sustainably raised pasture raised meat from for putting on your barbecue, send me an email. I'm happy to send you those sources. Um, the email is contact at wild All right, let's go ahead and take a call if that call is still there. Hello, caller, you're live on Wild Oak Living. Hi, um, a
1: few thoughts from listening to the earlier part of your show.
0: Um,
1: I, I would recommend people uh, when they're looking at air conditioning, you don't have to do the whole house. Uh, one of these small, very efficient, modern uh, units can be put into a bedroom and provide you with your own little heat shelter. It's not as nice, maybe as having the whole house at eighty degrees, but uh, it'll it'll save your save your rear end. Uh, also, uh, I don't think you mentioned fans. Um, the especially the small personal sized fans are, are quite effective. Uh, you have to keep up your hydration because it is evaporating uh, moisture off your skin to, to keep you cool. So it's important to keep drinking while you're sitting in front of a fan, but it can make a huge difference. Um, also, in terms of, I don't know if this goes for domestic pets, but there was a piece on Casey by a while ago about uh, trying to keep the animals in the zoo cool. And uh, they were doing things like, uh, well, one thing they noticed was that the animals turned up their noses that warm water, once their water bowl heated up in the sun, they weren't interested in it anymore, which kind of makes me think that they're not as much dependent on evaporative cooling as human beings. We sweat a lot. You know, we have bare skins. We sweat a lot. It works pretty well to keep us cool. Uh, and I think maybe animals are, are less so. And so the animals really want to have cool water. Uh, and they also did things like making uh freezing the animal's food into blocks of ice they were making meat sickles and fish sickles and fruit sickles depending on you know the diet involved and that they claim the animals really loved that so i don't know if that applies to domestic pets or not but uh, something to keep in mind
0: um yeah i want go with that have- Oh, thank you so much for those tips. I I really appreciate your calling in today. Yeah, and you reminded me you know, about those two things. Yeah, putting ice cubes in your in your pet's water dish can help keep them cool. And uh, yes, uh, absolutely, putting a small window air conditioner into one room of your house, a small air conditioner can use maybe half or less of a. Uh, of the electricity of a whole house air conditioner, and it can keep, you know, one, you can have one cold room in your house, and that can help keep you safe and healthy, and maybe even continue working if you are working from home. Because a lot of us, myself included, have have a lot of trouble working in the heat. You know, my brain just doesn't function the way it should when it gets really hot. And then the other thing I should mention is, uh, I I hadn't mentioned and had planned to, is evaporative coolers, uh, also referred to as swamp coolers. so these are these are uh, a combination of uh, a pump that runs water through these evaporative pads and a fan. and, and the, the water that evaporates on these pan uh, f- fans is cooling and uh, uh, creates cooling cooled air and the fan then pulls that into your house um those use a lot less electricity than uh air conditioners or or, well maybe not a lot less than small air conditioners but certainly a lot less than whole house air conditioners and they're fairly efficient there's a there's a brand um and i'm not advertising this i'm just you know based on my research i found a brand that's made in australia called bon air b-o-n air that that uh, seems to work really well um and has very large um, pads for cooling and and something very important for me is uh, quieter than some of those big box um, metal box type um, evaporative coolers but you know if you have one of those on top of your house on your roof or in a room where it's not right next to you you know any kind of evaporative air cooler will work should work um, the, the the interesting thing about that is because we live in such a dry climate, you know, in the inland areas Um, the the evaporative air conditioner, uh, the evaporative cooler works well because you know there there isn't a lot of moisture in the air so it can actually do a lot of evaporation and therefore produce a lot of cool air. Do we have any other calls? If you'd like to give us a call, if you have a question, have some suggestions about uh, greening our barbecues and outdoor cookings or staying cool during heat waves, please give us a call at 707-895-2448. That's 707-895-2448. This is Johanna Wild Oak, and I am bringing you Wild Oak Living every other Thursday from 9 to 10. And today we are talking about staying cool during heat waves, staying healthy during heat waves, and also how to green our, our grilling. So if you have some thoughts or some questions about that or, or anything else that you feel we should be talking about right now, you know, as far as, far as sustainable living is concerned, give us a call. I, I would love to hear from you. While we wait for phone calls, I'm going to talk a little bit more about about the whole subject of uh, meat versus vegetables versus fruit on you, Oh, we, you do have a call. Okay. All right. Let's go take that call. Hello, Hello Collie, you're on Wildeck
2: Living. Hi, good show. Thank you. I have three tips. One is from fishing in the Florida Keys. My dad would always uh, get a sandwich bag and a washcloth, and he would wet the washcloth and put it in the sandwich bag and put it in the freezer, and we would put four or five in the freezer. And when we went fishing, we'd put those in our lunch boxes. And we could take them out uh, in the Florida sun when it got really hot. And the other yeah. thing is they have these things you put around your neck that hold water, and you can put those in the freezer, and those help cool your carotid arteries <clears throat> around your neck or whatever you've sprained that day, or anything wet and in the cooler around your Neck or body it is a good cooling device. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, those are the great tips.
0: I have a friend who uh, who stays cool by putting her feet on on a bag of ice and wearing a wet t-shirt and then blowing a fa- having a fan blow uh, blow air on her. Um, and and that you know it's a, that's another version of an evaporative cooler. So there's many there's many uh, tips and tricks. I like the idea of putting a wet washcloth in the freezer, and then and then having it available to cool yourself down. Anything anything that causes evaporation. I mean that's the whole the whole idea of us sweating. Uh, is to is to cause evaporation, and that evaporation keeps us cool. And we do have another call. Let's go ahead. Hello. Oops. <laughs> that caller went away. If you uh, if you find yourself uh getting timed out when you when you call in, please call back. The number to call if you want to join our conversation today about staying cool in heat waves and also about uh, greening or grilling or barbecuing, give us a call at 895-2448. That's 707-895-2448, and we have a call. Hello, Collie you're live on Wild Living.
3: Hi, I have a suggestion. I haven't heard it mentioned. Um, After it's cooler outside than it is inside, if you put a fan outside, Blowing through a fan, through a screen, like a your door, whatever through a screen, it radically brings the temperature down. It, the key mm. is having it outside and blowing the outside air into the inside. When I lived in another location, it was really hot during the day and then was cool at night. Once I started doing this, it would lower the temperature like ten degrees, almost within fifteen minutes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's that's a great effective.
3: idea. And that's yeah. what we do at night instead of using an air conditioner. We, we um, open our, our um, back screen. Uh, we, we put our fan outside that, and then we open windows on the other side so it's blowing through, and it's really amazing.
0: Yeah, because you're pushing the hot air out and replacing it with cooler air. Exactly. Yeah, Exactly
2: yeah exactly yeah
3: where people people put a fan you know next to the window inside that doesn't really do it you want to bring the air from the outside
0: yes yes yeah and some people install something called a whole house fan but that does something similar it's it gets put on on the roof, and then it basically sucks the, uh, the hot air out of the house, and, and, and when you have the windows open and doors open when you do that, that, that by in so doing, it sucks in the cooler air from outside, so that works when, well whenever you have a hot house and cool air outside. It sounds to me like in our climate, that would work really well in the morning when it's really cool. Is to just replace the whole the whole house air and have as much cool air as possible in the in your house. Thank you so much for that tip. Uh, cross ventilation is also another way of exchanging the air. You know, if you have windows and doors on on two different sides of the house or around the corner from each other. That, you know, that can cause, that can help get cool air inside um, and uh, also, you know, putting, putting a fan in the right location to either pull hot air out or to move cool air in can make a big difference. Um, I'm finding that even in the morning, even once the sun comes up, um, until it starts to get warm outside, I actually leave things open still and then just before it starts to get warm. Um, I close things up. And we have another call. Hello, Caller.
2: You're live on Wild Out Living. I'm double dipping. I wanted to tell you about this old technique that I learned from the house that I was going to buy, but I didn't. They, in their kitchen, have a cupboard with a hole in the floor. And their kitchen cupboard has two sets of shelving. One is grate shelving with holes in it for the summer and you put the grate on the floor and all the shelves and leave the door open and you have cool air coming from your basement. And in the winter you put on the wood shelves and the wood over the hole and you have insulation from the cool air underneath. And I did that. I moved my furnace out of my first floor into my basement and I said could you please Leave that hole in my first floor floor and put a board over it so I can take it off. And I've actually been using that. I've opened it up uh, even during the day. It's always much cooler air uh, under my house. And I have a skylight and I put my room fans on and it pushes cool air from the basement up through my house, and the hot air up to the skylight. So, oh, what a have great a big, idea. Yeah, it's, a, it's an old idea from old houses that I was looking at. Thank you.
0: That's ingenious. That is ingenious. Yes, it takes advantage of the fact that hot air rises, and so, you know, by bringing in cool air, it Air is generally cooler the lower you go, and you know if you if you dig into if you dig into the soil, you'll eventually get to a point where the temperature is always at about fifty degrees Fahrenheit. Some people take advantage of that when they build new construction to um, put in these cooling tubes. Uh, they, they those are tubes that are that are buried in the soil, and they slope towards a building. And uh, they have an, an intake, uh, you know, far away from the house, and then the, that the air can sort of go into and travel in those cooling tubes under the in the soil, where it's generally, you know, a constant 50 degrees or so. And then they uh, there's op- there are openings in the building, and then that's where the cold air comes out, and it's a kind of a a built-in um, air conditioning. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. I think they are called cooling tubes. Uh, I know some people who who built a um, a greenhouse and used those cooling tubes to cool the greenhouse in the sun. And I thought that was a very ingenious way of uh, you know of of a passive cooling that does not use any energy, does not use any fans uh, of bringing cool air into a building. If you have any other thoughts or any other questions about greening our barbecue or staying cool in the heat wave or related topics give us a call and we have a call hello caller you're live on wild egg living
4: oh thanks thanks for taking my call um i started a project about 25 years or so ago, and I just wanted to share how well it's been working for me. Um, I uh, took some star jasmine, uh, very many, a lot of them, a whole flat, like 50, and um, planted them in some hanging pots that I put around the eaves of my home. And um, then I just use some fishing weights to draw them to the ground. And um, they actually are all the way up underneath my eaves, kind of high and tight, so they keep a lot of water. Um, I don't have to water them all that much. I've had them for about 25 years. They're totally root-bound. They hang all the way to the ground, a couple feet off of my wall of my home. And um, they don't take much water, although they do like to have a little bit every day have to stay consistent about that. But what I've found is that having them hang down and giving that space of shadowing of a foot or a couple feet or so, it keeps my home 10 to 15 degrees cooler compared to the outside. Um, and the other benefit I believe I have from that is um, no ashes and no blowing embers can get up <laughs>
0: And those plants are green? Oops, I think we might have lost the color. Yeah. Wow, that sounded like a really interesting idea to have plants in hanging pots under the eaves that, that grow down to the ground and they create a kind of a, I guess, another, another layer of wall, another layer of shade wall. And, and I'm curious as to whether those plants are green because, you know, if they're green and well-watered, they might actually not pre- present a fire risk, and as the caller said, maybe they even pre- present a kind of a screen as far as burning embers getting through. Although if the wind really drives the embers, you know, maybe maybe that might not work. But um, it's a very interesting idea. Uh, I'm I'm using on the west side of the wall, which is the hottest part of the house, I'm using a sun, shaled, sun sail to shade the wall to keep it from getting so hot. And we have another call. Hello,
5: Colin. You're live on Living. Oh, hi. Uh, yeah, this is Mike. Good morning. Yeah, I've uh, used a George Foreman electric grill. So that doesn't uh, have any pollution other than, you know, a source of the electricity. And um, you can grill a lot on that. They come in different sizes. Well, I've got the biggest one, and you can put a, a lot of food on there. And it only has one temperature setting, so you just put it on and forget about it. It's it's great. And then um, to stay cool, uh, I use the cowboy trick of a, a wet bandana on my neck, and then I have another uh, bandana wet folded up under my hat, on so actually on my head. So between those two, um, you know most survivable
0: yes yes and are you are you how are you liking your electric grill
5: oh it That's right it, it just uh you turn it you put the food on there and forget about it and another thing it does it saves a lot saves all the money for buying cooking oil
2: mm-hmm.
5: so instead of you know um 25 bucks or, you know, thirty-five bucks in uh, cooking oil a month. You use absolutely no oil, which is uh, you know very healthy.
2: Great. It's an electric grill. You
5: can put, grill. like you can get a chunk of frozen burger and you can put it on there, and it, and it will still just it will cook it perfectly. I mean, I'll, I'll let it cook halfway through, and then I'll slice it in half. You know, to but. Um, and then it drips off uh, into a little drip tray and the thing is you have to clean that out at it, you know, most times. But um, it's really easy to clean. It doesn't, uh, you know, uh, the, the, whatever, the meat or the vegetables, whatever, do, it doesn't get stuck in it at all. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: yeah. You just, you,
5: you have it, you carry it over to the sink and you can clean it in a few seconds.
0: So, well, thank you so much I, for sharing that information with us. Electric so grill nice. and and the cowboy bandana under your hat. I'm so glad you mentioned the hat. That's something that I wanted to mention before. Um, I never go outside when it's sunny without a hat all year long. Not just because you know it protects me from the sun, but I I wear I have some a, a whole collection of these Australian cowboy hats that have a, a solid brim, but a sort of a net, um, what is it called? Uh, so like a screened top, a screened crown so that the air can move through it. And that's sort of like a little evaporative cooler on my head. Um, and it keeps me cool and it keeps me out of the sun and it protects my skin. So wearing a hat, I, I'm seeing a lot more people now also, uh, walking around with umbrellas. That's another way of creating shade for yourself. Uh, is is to is to you know if you have to be out walking out in the sun use an umbrella a lot of people around the world do that, and a hat you know long sleeves and gloves. Um, there are now these clothes that are made from fabrics that can cover your skin but they don't heat you up. You know they they allow air to move through and they allow perspiration to move through. Um, and um, there's sort of high-tech fabrics that do that, and that help, you know, protect your skin from the sun and still keep you cool. All right. Well, we've talked about a lot of things. Uh, again, yep, we only have two minutes left, so I think we probably should um, wrap, wrap it up now and not take phone calls anymore. If you have questions or want additional information, or if you'd like me to share with you some of the links that I've drawn the information for this program from, uh, send me an email. My email is contact at wildoak.org, contact at uh, My next program is coming up uh, two weeks two weeks from today and uh, yeah please tune in two weeks from today for another program this is going to be an author interview with on on. I promise you a fascinating topic next week in this time slot at nine o'clock as usual the cannabis hour and and I will be back two Thursdays from today so thanks for listening today and thanks for tuning in this is Johanna Wildeuk on Wildok Living on KZOX and Z.